Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, all here with you this week as usual. Episode number 67 of the pod. And boys, how are we doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good. I mean, the NBA Finals last night... You, know, you got a lot of Pistons stuff to talk about. We'll get into some NBA stuff in general, but it's going to be a great podcast. It's great to be with you guys. Uh, but, you, you know, Ryan, how about yourself? I'm doing well, boys. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Glad we could all be here together. I'm excited for the finals. So uh, let's get into it. Well, an exciting game one, of course, as everybody, I'm sure, tuned in to watch that game. We'll get into that later in the pod. There's a couple Pistons things that I think we need to get into. And first and foremost, the Houston Rockets have said that they're really willing to blow up the roster. They're willing to almost trade anybody. One of those names is Chris Paul. And there have been some connections between Chris Paul and... And the Detroit Pistons. And do the Pistons consider going after a guy like Chris Paul? You know, I I look at this and I go, I really hope Detroit doesn't do it. But, Aaron, Ryan, your guys' thoughts. Chris Paul possibly being available on the market. Do you pair up the former teammates in Chris Paul and Blake Griffin? Get that little point guard, power forward connection, some pick and roll connection there. Do you pair those two guys up? What are your thoughts on this? Like, if the Pistons didn't want to bring in Mike Conley and aren't that interested in Mike Conley, then they sure as hell shouldn't be interested in Chris Paul, who's on a longer deal, is older, is even more injury prone, and and while Conley's play has honestly been pretty well, like he had a very nice season, Chris Paul just wasn't all that special. He wasn't worth the max money he's getting. Uh, you know, he's older than Conley. Like I said, the more, the more recent injury history, it, it just all adds up to not good. And it wouldn't be a good decision by the Pistons if they were to seriously inquire about Paul. You also look at the history that he has with Blake Griffin. And, and, and those two didn't necessarily love each other uh, back in their times in Los Angeles. We know that we, we always got, you know, multiple times that both of those guys had uh, some issues between each, between each other, so I'm not sure there's that that chemistry that uh, that former you know dynamic duo kind of sense with these two guys reuniting. Yes, they were good together. Yes, they were two all stars at the time playing together, uh, but I, I just don't think there's a pairing that makes sense with Paul and the Pistons. The fact that this is even being brought up is disastrous in my mind. I truly don't believe the Pistons front office is even considering this. And I can't believe there are people out there who would like this to happen. No, you don't bring Chris Paul into this team. First off, Blake is your leader, and Blake and Chris Paul do not like each other. We don't need to get back to that. Chris Paul is 34 years old, injury prone, and he's just not who he used to be. That's just a fact. If I had the choice 
between the Pistons making two moves. They have to make one of these moves. Either Chris Paul or Mike Conley. I am happily, happily taking Mike Conley before I'm ever allowing the Chris Paul trade to happen. If Chris Paul's a Piston next year, consider me not a fan of this team anymore. And just want to make sure that there haven't been any reports, no, no that, reports. That, that state that the Pistons are, are interested. But, I mean, whether it's on, on Twitter or on Facebook, you're already seeing the 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 plethora of mentions of, oh, the Pistons should go after Chris Paul. Plethora? Dude, I do that every podcast. <laughs> it's my it's my this job. Our, it's my job to mess up the word every We had to come up with a segment name for this, Ryan. Aaron's incorrect grammar. Aaron, Aaron's bad pronunciation. I really thought it was plethora. Plethora. Really? I feel like Am that I can wrong? be pronounced both no, ways. No, you're right, Brandon. That's what I, I feel think. like that one can be pronounced both ways. No. But but nonetheless, there's there's been... Plethora. Let's get a drop of that. You know what? Plethora. I, I, now i got to look this <laughs> up. You know what? If you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm, I'm right about so many other things I can be wrong oh, about. Oh, I'm right that. about... Says Aaron every time he's wrong. I'm right about so many but, other things. But, see, now I, I lost my, my train of thought. Okay, right. So there have been so many people saying, all oh, the Pistons should go after Chris Paul... And I feel like these are the same people that say the Pistons are just stuck in mediocrity. They have they've mortgaged their future, but they're, and then they're saying to go out and get Chris Paul. Uh, it just makes absolutely no sense. This it would just be a disaster. Like Ryan said, a disastrous move. It's an albatross of a contract. Like we worry about bringing Mike Conley's contract on. Chris Paul is three years older, and his contract has been making what. Forty million or something at, at the one end, point. Yeah, at the end and of he's going to be what thirty eight at the end of the contract. It's a disaster. It's a joke. No, you do not want Chris Paul on this team. I always tell people to think for themselves and don't really listen to anyone else's opinion. But here, I'm thinking for you. You do not want Chris Paul. Wow, on nice this guy, team. Ryan. I'm thinking for you. What if the deal though really required the Pistons to like give up nothing? What if what if Houston was just like listen? We just want to dump the money. We'll, we'll literally take Reggie, John Luer, give us the 15th pick, but just give us guys you don't want to make up the money, uh, to make the money work out, and, and let's make this happen. No, because if you're going to give up Reggie and the first-round pick and Luer, you can go get Mike Conley. And I'd rather I, Mike Conley gives the team a better chance to win. And there's not going to be any bad blood between Chris Paul and... Or Mike Conley and Blake Griffin, like there would be with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Those guys don't like each other. They're, they don't want to team up again. This would be bad for this franchise and bad for this team. I'm with Ryan 100% here. Give me Mike Conley over Chris Paul any day of the week. The same, you know, that same kind of scenario you mentioned. It, it's just, you don't want to be paying Chris Paul $40 million. You're already going to be paying Blake Griffin $35, 36000000 million at the end of his contract. And... As much as he's a great player right now, there is that chance that he starts to deteriorate as a player eventually. You don't want to say that's going to happen, but you have to sometimes fear the There's a pretty good chance that Like you say, Chris Paul hasn't already started deteriorating. Exactly, exactly. No, because he has already It's only going to be even worse with Paul. And the fact that he just hasn't been able to stay healthy at all this past season and got injured in the playoffs last year... Uh, it's just not. It doesn't add up to anything. Looking too good with bringing Paul onto a team that, with the addition of Paul, is not any much closer, if any closer, to, to being a better team. Especially when they're going to be even more cap strapped with that addition. So what's up with this? I mean, is Houston just saying, "Hey, we have no shot"? Like we're we we understand that the West is just 
there's Golden State. Even if they lose, KD going to be there. Denver on the rise. A team like the Clippers with the chance to, you know, possibly land some free agents and turn their self, you know, eight seed into maybe competition for a top four. OKC could be a move or two away for being a little bit more legitimate of a contender in the West. Are they just throwing in the... And Portland. You know, we're not even talking about Portland who made the conference finals and they get Nurkic back next year. You know? Is that what happened in Houston? Or, or do we think that there may be something is underlying behind all this? I don't I don't even think Houston's really contemplating blowing it up. I think they still want to be very competitive. I think they still want to try to win a championship. But I think they know that James Harden is really the only player that is for sure good enough to help bring them a championship. Um, and with, with them, you also have their owner that wants to slash money because he's just cheap. You know, their former owner was willing to pay the luxury tax and pay whatever was necessary to win. But this new owner wants to shed money as much as he can. And ultimately, when you look at it from an on-the-court perspective, maybe if you're Houston, you say, maybe this team is just peaked. Maybe we're, we just can only be as good as we were when when we almost made it to the NBA Finals. Maybe we just need to get better, and we need to move past Chris Paul, and we need to get past Clint Capella, who has not played well in the playoffs the last few years. Maybe they just have to move on from that. And that's going to be tough because trying to upgrade when you just gave Chris Paul a big deal and he's had his injury issues and his play has gotten worse and we've seen Capella come out and not Mm -hmm. play all that well and those are your your second and third highest paid players and then you have Eric Gordon, uh, P.J. Tucker but after that your roster is pretty much in flux because you have a lot of one-year deals, guys that are going to be free agents. They just don't have a lot to work with right now so they're in a tough spot. Houston's almost, it's different but it's almost as helpless of a spot as you felt like you were in, like, being a Piston fan this year. Like, you had some talent. You had some guys to really root for. You have a superstar in James Harden that you're not going to win a championship. I, You're just, you're not going to win I mean, it was, it was different with Houston because there was always that belief that, that Paul was going to come back. That they could do and, it. And they if, had a better chance. he was healthy in the playoffs, they were just going to be good enough. Um, but the, 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 I, think, I think people just have to live with the fact that, that Paul is never going to be the player that he once was. It's not like with Griffin where he had his injuries, but you know he's, he's Griffin's a few years younger, and he's kind of changed his game, and he's stayed healthy this year and really the year before that as well. Paul is only getting injured more and more, mm-hmm. and he's getting older. You know, He's getting at, what, 34, he's 34 right now? right now. Blake yeah. Griffin just turned 30. So there's that difference there as well. I, it, I mean, I, I don't know if... Detroit's a best comparison, but I can see where you draw but some it, stuff. It's just a matter of that feeling of like, you know, you're like you're helpless, and maybe it's different where Houston's looking at it like, gosh, we could be better and we could win, but with Chris Paul being like this, we just aren't going to do it, and we have all this money invested, and we're not going to get a good pick, and we're not going to win a championship, and we're underachieving, and it's a different kind of you know maybe like that helpless feeling in Detroit of like. We've got Blake Griffin having a career year. We've got Andre, who's maybe having his best year of his career. And we're backing into an eight seed. You know, and it's just that feeling of, of unsa- dissatisfaction. Um, but I, I think Houston's really an interesting spot. And it's, it's kind of hard to say which direction they go. Because A, who would take Chris Paul? 
And B, if you decided to move James Harden, somebody would take James Harden. But oh yeah, man, oh, yeah. What, I, I just wonder what you command. Oh man, I don't know. Have we have we seen a star of Harden's magnitude traded? I mean, have we? Not not that I know of. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Right. right now. I mean, uh, we've had some All Star level players traded. You know, we've had a Demarcus I mean, Cousins trade. Yeah, but with Kawhi it was also I, there was Kawhi was injury. different. It was coming off, yeah, and it was also it was, like he almost he almost knew something was going to happen. It wasn't just like all it of a sudden. It was also he like, wanted out of San Antonio. Was, yeah, Harden there was, was, the there guy was leverage in. that couldn't really be there in a trade. Right. It's it. The the pa- I can't even imagine the package that would be given for Harden. All, all, Absurd. Can I pose a question? Can I pose a question to the table? Sure. Would you give up Luke Kennard for James Harden? No. 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 Never. <laughs> no. What about and, and I'm dare I say dare I? What about Bruce Brown? Why why are you asking me these kind of tough questions right now? I wasn't ready for this. Like, come on, man. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. You know, Kennard could still become, you know, you know, this twenty point per game score. And Bruce Brown, I mean, if he develops a three point shot and if he develops a finishing at the rim ability and if he becomes a better passer. And if he becomes like I don't know James Harden, like how can you give that up? Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Think about it. The Pistons find a way to get James Harden, and then uh, you know just I don't know sign like Patrick Beverly and Beverly Blake James Harden. I Rudy like, Gay. I feel like Brendan every week ends up saying, "Just think if the Pistons got." Insert Patrick like star Beverly. name. Insert. I was not ready for this pe- this podcast to take this turn of just man. What if we had Patrick Beverly, James Harden, Anthony Davis, where, LeBron James? Uh, where the hell's Bradley Beal? So, I mean, come on. So I, I was not ready for this turn, guys. After the pod, I'm just gonna go uh, hop on like 2K franchise mode. My GM. See what you can come up with and, and, uh, and put in the group chat. Yeah, I'll play a little 2K19, simulate the season, and let you know how the Pistons fare. <laughs> We're playing on like the All Star mode or whatever the Hall of Fame or whatever the top one is. You you gonna turn uh CP or what's the uh, trade override? You gonna turn that on? No, we'll come up with some creative packages yeah. just to make it happen. Like every one of our draft picks for the next ten years gone. <laughs> the next out the window. century of draft picks for the Detroit Pistons have been traded for James Harden, Bradley Beal, and Patrick Beverly. <laughs> wow. So that's where that went. I, I I hope that the listeners haven't like just completely veered off because I was not ready for this. The the listeners have stopped. They've gone to their game system, turned on PlayStation, and are seeing what trades they can come up with for themselves. So Detroit, you know, talking about star players coming to Detroit. James Edwards of the Atlantic is athletic. Wow, wow, wow! Atlantic? Yikes! You're going to disrespect James Edwards like that? I mean, are you kidding me, dude? Are you kidding me? James Edwards of the Athletic, apologize. I'll admit I was wrong. I won't tell you I mispronounced it. I just said the wrong word. Okay, my bad. I mean, ridiculous. Plethora. Anyways. James Edwards of The Athletic um, wrote that Detroit is interested in bringing back Reggie Bullock, and if the numbers match up, Reggie Bullock would be interested in coming back to Detroit. Now, you want to talk about something that's going to move the meter, okay? Reggie Bullock coming back to Detroit. 
I think we've had this conversation before, though. You know, I, I, I really think when it came down to the deadline, especially Ryan and I were talking about this, you, what does re-signing Reggie Bullock do for you at the end of the year? You know, you stay average, mediocre. You don't get any better bringing back Reggie Bullock. Yet, Detroit flirting with the idea. And the only thing that you could say that maybe will help the situation is that Bullock had such a poor performance in his stint with the Lakers that if the value has gone down and Detroit can get him on the cheap, then maybe it makes some sense. Look, I, I, I think we were in a bit of a different mindset when we talked about that. More so like right at the end of the trade deadline when it was already being tossed around that the Pistons could be interested in a return in a reunion with Bullock. But I think when you look at it now and you look at just how bad the Pistons are on the wing without a true small forward, you, you would be pretty happy with Bullock. And... It goes past just the stats. You look at the chemistry he built with Blake Griffin. Uh, you know his his knowledge uh, and understanding of the system played in Detroit. And again, I, I feel like I just feel like his contract is going to be a little bit smaller than we originally thought because he just he played so poorly in Los Angeles. I would not be upset with a, a Reggie Bullock reunion. I, I I think he's a good player. He's a, a good shooter. Defends. Knows the system, has chemistry with Detroit's best player. To me, it would make sense. And I know that around the trade deadline, again, when when it was initially talked about, I was a little bit uh, lower on the idea. But after seeing just how desperately the Pistons need a 6'7 guy on the wing, Reggie Bullock would help out a lot. If the money's right, I really don't have a problem with the move. But I, I can't. I, I just can't rationalize and accept giving him a $10, $11 million contract. Um, I can't take that. I, I won't have that. But if the money is lower because of his poor performance in L.A., I can I can see and I can accept bringing him back to the team. What about $8 million a year? That still might be a little high for me. Really? I, I think he'll get at least 8 I, I think, think I get, think he's going to get about 8 too. I think he'll get too. 8 I, I think if you can get him a little bit lower than that, yeah. I, I mean... I, I'm more like six and a half, seven is kind of the range that I'm like, okay, if, if you go beyond that, it's really... It's got to be like a later free agency, you know, Reggie's still maybe commanding some offers. Detroit hasn't landed a couple guys that they wanted, and you need to get somebody. I mean, he's he's a great shooter. I love him shooting. You know, he's got the length. He's not the best defender. You said he defends, but he's not the best He's defender. not the best defender, but he, he he's an adequate defender. And, and at 6'7", that And they need, that, they that, need that. that length, whether he's in the starting lineup or coming off the bench. I'd still have him come off the bench because I'm still about it's Luke Kennard's time. It absolutely is but Luke Kennard's time. Not that, they, not that they can't go 2-3, but just depending on the other moves that are made. You just don't know what's going to happen yet. Um, but I wouldn't mind him coming back. Bringing the shooting, bringing the length on the wing, if the money's right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just as long I'm as it doesn't as long as it doesn't mess with the Pistons drafting Cam Johnson, then I'm fine with it. I'm going to speak the Pistons drafting Cam Johnson into existence. I promise you. So where's Bruno Fernando? Not on the team. 
Not on the team. Did you Cam that, Johnson's Ryan? the one. I heard it. Hey, Cam Ryan, Johnson is the one. Did you see that middle finger that Aaron just threw up yeah, at you, I by know. the way? I know. I, 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 it's not. Cam Johnson is the end of the first hey, round pick. Can we? They're not going to stretch as far. They're not going to stretch existence. as far as Cam Johnson. Trust me, I don't mind Cam Johnson either. But they're not going to stretch that far. If they take a lengthy wing, it's going to be uh, Casey Akpala from Stanford. Wouldn't hate it, but I, Cam Johnson's it's, it's a one. Not, Cam Johnson is a what 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th type pick guy. They're not going to stretch for him at 15. I don't think. Trade back. Trade back. One. Saying Cam G- Cam Johnson's not a bad pick, that's a lot for a dookie to say that, first of all. Respect it. Respect it. Number two, though, can we uh, can we just look at Aaron for a minute? And I think the people need to know. You know, Ryan shoots a text. He's on his way over. He's like, hey, I'm my way over. And Aaron just throws into the text, yay. And I'm like, a little bit of a sarcastic asshole much? Like, a lot of did undertones. You, a lot of did undertones. you get that vibe? Because I sat there, I read that, and I go, what an ass. I, what? Why do you think I didn't respond? What? <laughs> I, Yay. I'm, I'm getting bashed for being a Woo. nice person. It was just, like, it just had What? Some, it had a sarcastic undertone. Oh, I put yay with an exclamation mark. I'm excited to see what I thought was my Who's guy. What, what group chat of three guys just goes, yay. Come on now. What is this, Aaron? I was like, it, it, that's something you'd see from, like, a, you know, a middle-aged to upper-age dude on Facebook commenting on somebody's post. Like, a congratulations post when they just go, yay. Like, my son graduated from high school today. Yay. Congrats. Like, when you're 18, 19 years old throwing yay out there, I'm getting sarcastic asshole vibes. I, Ryan, did you feel that? Am I, I mean, the, like, I didn't respond. I didn't yeah, know. I were, wasn't sure. Were you where driving to take over it. and thinking about turning around? I wasn't. Then... I wasn't sure how to take it. To be honest, I, I didn't know what the intentions were. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know what the intentions you what, were. You guys hear what I have to put up with on a weekly basis? Uh, I'm just saying what happened, folks. I, don't I mean, know. this is just absurd. You try to be nice to someone and you get this ridicule for it. It's. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. I, I, I will not forget this. Fair enough. Well, I don't know. I'm still just... I'm a little taken back. You'd be willing to spend $8 million on Reggie Bullock? Oh, yeah. I, Reggie Bullock will completely... And maybe he comes back to Detroit and he's comfortable and it works out. But completely disappeared the second half of the season in L.A. I mean, it was like a non-factor. Bro, the Lakers were just... Like, like, the Lakers were the worst situation in the NBA. I, I know. They didn't make the playoffs, and they had LeBron freaking James. Well, but LeBron didn't. I mean, that's – that's. it's not like LeBron was healthy and played the whole year. Okay, and, and, Le- and when LeBron playoffs. came back and they were in the, in, the, in the picture for the playoffs and that team just continued to sink, I, I – you – look, Reggie Bullock having a bad half of a season with, like, the worst organization in the entire league – I'm not all that worried about. Okay, that's. I mean, if you're not, that's fine. To me, I'm just saying, even if it was a bad situation, for him to do just absolutely nothing and to be so irrelevant is still a concern you're, for me. Wow, you just really, you're just taking a shot at him. Irrelevant. He was irrelevant. Wow. Okay. Wow. Here, okay. Here's something I thought you'd run with. I was seeing today that um, the Pacers are thinking about offering D'Lo. A max contract this summer, 
which means your boy, Bogdanovich, is definitely not going back to Indiana, which means clear up all the cap space for Bogdanovich, because I know you want him to be a pistol. Brennan, Brennan want him too? Yes, that was my guy. That's, that's what, what I want. Brennan's guy. I, I, I like Bogdanovich, but that's Bogdanovich I, is Brennan's I, guy. Hey, Ryan and I are tag team in this you pod are, today. You are also the it. one who's... No, I'm not mad at anyone. I'm not throwing shade in here. I'm just saying, I thought we would talk about this well, I like bit. I like Bogey, but Brennan's the one that's in love with him. I you were the one who wanted to bring him on, though. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but when when Brennan was talking about it. Brennan was like, oh my god, Bojan Bogdanovic. Not NBA that any of this has happened. No. Once again, it's sad that we have to do this, but we have to put this line out there. Not that this is happening. There's no report of the Pistons going after that at all. Right? Just something we've talked no. about in the past for guys we like. This this Bogdanovic situation is kind of like this, Ryan. Aaron's like, hey, that's a cute girl over there. And that was like, mine. Dibs. And I I was all over it. Aaron's like, yeah, I mean, it, uh, sure, okay, go cool. I mean, I Cool. I, th- I just yeah. thought it was something we'd hit on. That I, I, uh, the Pacers want to offer D'Lo the max contract, possibly. Maybe. And if that happens and he were to accept, Bogdanovich is not going back to Indiana. How he wild will be a free agent. Be? I mean, A, I D- know you boys D'Lo like on a max deal. Oh, yeah. That would be huge for Detroit. I mean, he he is. I mean, there'd I, have to be some crazy maneuvering. Brendan Brendan is planning Goosebumps. the championship parade right now. Absolutely, Bojan Bogdanovic finals get MVP. Get Woodward ready. Get Woodward ready. Seriously, from downtown to midtown. Oh my God, I can hear it now. That would be wild. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Something. Uh, that's an interesting thought, though. I mean, it's an interesting thought too. If D'Lo were to go to Indiana on that full ma- on that max deal, too, I know. You know, him and Oladipo, dang, Miles Turner. That's not. I don't know. I'm not worried. About, I'd be worried if I was a Pacer fan. I like D'Lo a lot, but I'm worried about what's going to happen with Oladipo coming off that injury. I mean, he might miss a full season, and depending on how much he regresses, defend. You know, he's going to lose some athleticism with, with the injury that he had. That's going to deteriorate him on the defensive end a little bit. And I know Miles Turner's a really good defensive center, but if Oladipo can't be, you know, Sub- anything Sub- other than an adequate defender, and you have D'Lo, who's not a good defender, it's going to be it's going to be ugly. Interesting stuff. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of fan bases right now across the league that I think need to be – that are raising eyebrows at what's going to happen. I mean, Houston, right? Now, if Indiana's to go that direction, and then there's this whole situation with the Pelicans. As Anthony Davis, um, you know, he met with the Pelicans and GM David Griffin, and Griffin wants Davis to stay in New Orleans. Um, but fact of the matter is it's just not likely. And if you're in New Orleans, you're, you're really like, one end you're like, depressed you're you know probably gonna lose your superstar Anthony Davis he doesn't want to be here the other side is wow we have the number one pick you know we're gonna win the Zion sweepstakes and just imagine if Davis was on board with staying and you had Davis and Zion and Drew Holiday and you build a block a few around that that could be pretty damn scary yeah, it's an interesting situation in New Orleans. I I think they should be willing to trade Anthony Davis, considering that I just really don't think there's a chance that he sticks around. 
Uh, he's made it very, very apparent. Him and his agent, Rich Paul, have made it very apparent that he doesn't want to be there. Um, I mean, you, you look at you know it's the immature uh, thing of when he wore that's all, folks, to the final game of the season, uh, kind of signifying that's his last game in New Orleans. Um, it, it's just there's not a good ending with him there. It, it doesn't appear, at least, that it's going to be that way. And if you're David Griffin, you need to be willing to accept that. You have a chance to begin a rebuild with one of the best talents, young talents that the NBA thinks there is in Zion Williamson. When you look at young talents across the board, Zion Williamson is up there as one of the top ones. Uh, and the, the Pelicans can have a really bright future starting with him. And you think about the assets that they could get back in a Davis trade, the picks, the young players. I mean, if you go to Boston and if you're able to get Tatum, if you're able to get Jalen Brown, and uh, and who knows you know, what kind of picks that they could get, that could be the start of a very good young rebuild going on in New Orleans, and and I know Anthony Davis has meant so much to that franchise, but with just how ugly and how public his desire to be traded and to get out of there has been, I think it's just time that you have to cut ties as hard as it is. I feel like you have to just like mutually want to part ways with how bad it's been. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's bad blood, you know? No, I mean, Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. And I get you want him on your team because he's one of the top players in the league. He's a freak. He's a stud. He's one of the best basketball players we've we've ever seen play. I get all of that. But he just doesn't want to be there. They need to break it up. Just, just, just rip the bandaid off. Send him away. Like Aaron said, the return you can get for him would be... you. Unbelievable, I feel. For a talent, trading a talent, like we talked about with Harden, trading a talent of Anthony Davis's like stature, level, just begin the rebuild. You've got Zion, trade Drew Holiday, trade Anthony Davis, build up that young core, get it going. And, uh, I mean, where do you think, where, where do you turn? Do you turn to Boston? Is yes. that where you go? Oh, absolutely. You go to Boston and say, look, you don't make a trade with us, we're going with the Lakers package. You don't want to get Anthony Davis, you won't give up your best assets, we will send him to Los Angeles, and you will not get the chance to sway him to stay in Boston after his one year there. And if you're Boston, you got to decide. Are you in with, with going all in on bringing in Davis and bringing back Kyrie and being willing to center your deal around Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown and who knows what else? I mean, obviously Jason Tatum is the best asset on the market right now. Uh, and being able to start a team with Tatum and Zion is an absolutely scary thought, especially considering what young pieces they could get for True Holiday or what picks they can get for True Holiday. Uh, but obviously Tatum's the number one desire for the Pelicans. If they can't get Tatum, then they got to say, well, we want Brown and we want I really Brown think if you're in New picks. Orleans, you can command both Tatum and Rozier or Brown and Rozier. Rozier's a free agent, and Rozier was terrible this year. Well, but Rozier maybe in a starting role could spark up. I didn't realize he was a free agent this year, though. He was really so, bad this year. I wouldn't. I. I, I wouldn't touch. I'll Rozier. tell you, if I'm a team though that wanted to take a flyer on him, depending what you could get and his price point is, I still would take a flyer then on that guy. I, I got. If you're if you're, if you're young, you know, if you're going to be bad for you know a couple of years, and you want to bring him out on a one year deal. See if he can turn it around. Maybe Boston really was just a bad environment. Maybe. But Rozier was really bad. But it starts with Tatum. Then you go Brown and then on other assets along with him. Then if they don't if they aren't willing to do that, 
Then you turn to Los Angeles and you say, all right, give us Kuzma, give us Ingram, give us the fourth pick, give us, uh, you know, whoever else that they want. Uh, and if you're the Lakers and you don't want to waste another year of LeBron's, you know, career, Cause in reality, then you have to pony up and do you it. You probably only have two left given LeBron will opt out and try to go play with Bronny for his final year. Well, I, I don't know about that, but the thing is if you add Davis with LeBron – yeah, you might lose your young guys, but I think you're going to get another star then to go team up there. If they see Davis and LeBron in Los Angeles, you know, maybe Kawhi Leonard, uh, Jimmy Butler. Maybe it's a lower-end guy like a Tobias Harris, but they'll get someone, a, a very good an all-star level player to go there. Maybe they make a move for Chris Paul, something like that. Uh, but they'll get another guy if they can get Davis. The, the second that Boston says no to Tatum is the second I'm hanging up the phone if I'm David Griffin. I'm getting Jason Tatum in that trade, or I'm moving on. Because there are other suitors Agreed. for Anthony Davis. Agreed. And I'm taking your best asset, and I'm taking Jason Tatum. And if you don't want to give him up, then, well, I'll just move on to the next. I'm interested to see what Boston wants to do with Kyrie, because I think that's going to shape how they go forward with this. I think if you're in on Kyrie, then, uh, you know, maybe you're in a position where... Uh, you know, you go back and you take Anthony Davis. But if you're going to move on or you're going to let him go, you're going to try to trade him, whatever the case may be, maybe you say, no, I'm not giving up Jason Tatum. Well, yeah, if you're if you're not 100% on bringing back yeah, Kyrie, that changes everything. then you got to go, all right, we're going to go with the young guys. We're going to build around Tatum. We're going to build around Brown. And we'll go from there. You know, we still have picks coming up. We, we, we have other young pieces. Fine. But I think Boston's... Definitely going to be trying to bring back Kyrie, and they'll definitely try to bring in Anthony Davis. It just depends if Danny Ainge will will give up that top asset that he's you know spent so long bringing in all these assets. Will he finally give up that that premier asset that is Jason Tatum that can become mm-hmm. a very good player in the league? Will he do that for one that's one of the best players in the league in current day? Well. A guy that you just mentioned was Kawhi Leonard, and I think it's time we get into a little bit of our NBA Finals recap here on the you know the back end of the pod. And Kawhi, really, Pascal Siakam, and those Toronto Raptors take a 1-0 series lead, a 118-109 win in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. And um, overall, an exciting game. Toronto, throughout that second half, kind of commanding a lead, and then Golden State cut it close, and then Toronto pulled away a little bit, and um, Golden State hung around for a while, but you know, then Toronto, the last minute and a half, just sealed the deal and called game. An exciting back-and-forth game, but you know what? It might be a little bit of what you expected with Golden State not playing in nine days. We, uh, with that being said, you got to tip your cap to the, the game that the Raptors had. I mean, even with Leonard shooting... 5 of 14 from the field, and Lowry shooting 2 of 9 from the field. They were still able to score 118 points. And Pascal Siakam, who I I think has been pretty shaky so far in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. he's had a few good games, but there have been a lot of games where, at least offensively, he just hasn't lived up to what he can do. Well, today he was fantastic. 32 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, a steal, 14 of 17 from the field. I mean, he missed 3 shots. That's how good he was. You got a nice game from Marcus Saul, Fred Van Fleet. I'm I continue to become a bigger Fred Van Fleet fan. Every single game I watch him, the things he does, uh, you know, his shooting ability. He had that really nice drive to the basket against Draymond Green, where he took a lot of contact, fell to the floor, scored it anyway. Uh, 
you know, they were able to get production from some other guys. I mean, even Danny Green, 4-9 from the field. Uh, and they didn't use their bench all that much. I mean, Serge Ibaka, a guy only played, you know, that's a pretty big name on their roster, only played 17 minutes. So they got some production from some maybe the guys that you wouldn't have expected as much of. You really thought it was going to be a Kawhi-dominated game, but it really just wasn't with the way he was uh, shooting the basketball. And when you, you factor in the how hot Pascal Siakam was, it was a great game for the Raptors, and, and Golden State really didn't play all that bad. They just couldn't get more stops. And that's what it came down to. Who was going to get more stops? And the Raptors got more stops. Curry was good. Thompson was good. Green was fantastic. But they really missed Kevin Durant. That that depth that they lose by having all that money invested into another superstar, they just don't have enough depth on the bench, and, and that really cost them today. No. Um, Golden State almost seemed shell-shocked in a way, at how intense Toronto came out. You haven't played in nine days, and you face that type of intensity with mm-hmm. how quick and hard and fast they played. Golden State didn't have a chance. Yeah, I mean, of course they did, but Toronto was not losing this game. Their intensity level was mm-hmm. through the roof. That being said, if I'm a Golden State fan, based off what happened tonight, Toronto looked the whole way pretty much like, this is our game, we've won this game 1-0. I am 0% worried if I'm a Golden State fan. Um, now, if this were to happen in Game 2 as well, then maybe I start getting a little worried, uh, start questioning the team, oh boy, this is a series, we got a series. But how can you be worried? I mean, you can't be worried. You've won you, three you of just, the last four. You've well, won three of the last four. You just came off a nine-day break. I mean, what, like you said, tip your cap to Toronto. They were intense, fast, all over the place. Guys stepped up when they needed to because Lowry and Kawhi did not have their best games. But it's still Golden State. It came off a nine-day delay. Let's see what happens. I'm interested to see the adjustments Golden State makes. You know, I mean, they were bringing up Marcus Gasol a lot and Siakam a lot, doubling um, off of pick and rolls. They were letting the roll man go and really just forcing Curry or Thompson to make a tough pass. Uh, you know, kind of curious to see what kind of adjustments they make there. Um you know, but I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of those where, yeah, I, I I agree. You really aren't worried if you're Golden State because you haven't played in nine days uh, and you've won three out of four. But I mean, does missing KD make that much of an impact, or is it just a reflection of you know what legs were a little heavier tonight, need to knock some rust off, and they were sloppy. You know, that's that's yeah. The thing. Credit that to Toronto. They, yeah, were, they were sloppy. sloppy. They hadn't. You could tell they had not played in nine days. Yeah. And Toronto took advantage of. Yeah. It. I mean, Golden State had six more turnovers mm-hmm. than Toronto did. And one other, the way I wanted to, I think you can phrase it is, yeah, Golden State probably shouldn't be worried, but I think if you're Toronto, you should also be pretty convinced that you you did very good considering the games that Kawhi and Kyle Lowry had. Yep. I mean, you can feel very good about that win. And, and yes, you can, you know, hear the, well, Golden State didn't have KD, and they were coming off a nine-game or nine-day delay. But if you're Toronto, you're coming off a five-game break or five-day break cause you, uh, in your own respect, and your two best players didn't have their best games. Uh, so as much as you want to say, well, give Golden State a little, you know, a game to, to kind of get their feet wet. Toronto just they just played really freaking well tonight. No, at the end of the day, you play the hand you're dealt. Yep, and that's what Toronto did. Toronto wasn't scared. Toronto was not timid at all. 
And they came out and showed it. We were sitting here watching this game, though, guys, and it really just, you know, the comparison we were making is it, it felt like Boston-Milwaukee game one, where Boston came out with a real strong defensive schematic. They moved the ball nicely. They were hitting shots. And, I mean, they were just, it was their night. They came out with the intensity. They came out with the right defensive game plan. They were executing on the offensive end. It was just their night. I'm really wondering if this first game of the NBA Finals is reflective uh, of maybe a, a similar result to what we saw in the Milwaukee-Boston series. We're now Golden State. Okay, Toronto, here's what you're going to do defensively. Okay, we're going to have our legs under us. Okay, we're not going to be as sloppy now. Stop us again. And score 118 points again. Get Pascal Siakam to play that good again. Yeah, you know, Kyle Lowry and Kawhi didn't have their best nights. I mean, Kawhi still wasn't bad. I don't know. No, what no, neither of them were was. bad. It's just they didn't they didn't make their shots. Yeah, but they still impacted the game in other ways because that's you know the kind of players they are. It's just how it is. The other the other thing that I wanted to pose is, you know, when does Golden State bring Kevin Durant back? You know, are they going to get worried and say, look, Kevin, if you can go, we want you in Game Two. Are they going to be relaxed and say, look, we can go down 2-0 if that really happens. But we trust our guys. We trust Steph and Clay and Dre uh, to go out and win a game two. Or will they go all the way down to 3-0 and then be like, all right, KD, let, let's, let's do this. You know, what's their threshold? Because if Kevin Durant can come back, do they, do they want to bring him back right away? I, I think it's if they're down 2-0, it's game three. I don't think they would wait to be down 3-0. But I, I don't think, unless if KD's 100%, I don't think there's any reason to bring him back in game two. You know, uh, even if you go home down 2-0, you've I been agree. in a worse you spot can, before. You can, you can lose your first two games and, and you know, on the road. It's right. not like they're in Oracle playing and losing. They're on the road. In a way, they're expected to lose those games. So they can go down 2-0. I, I'm with you. I wouldn't dare go down 3-0 and then be like, KD, come back. Unless the Warriors are just that cocky, and maybe they are just like, I don't know. The thing maybe is, they're just on a whole nother level if they and, bring Kevin Durant and Golden back. State's, but I don't know. Golden State's good enough to go take Game 2 in Toronto, steal the home court oh, yeah. advantage. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, if Toronto somehow steals it back and they go to Toronto, you know, for Game 5, even at 2, hey, KD returns, you know? And and Drake in the Dell Curry jersey, maybe it's a little quieter. For me, like you said, going down 0-2 wouldn't really be the issue. Um, it's going down 0-2 and it having it be worse than it was tonight. Yeah. If game two is worse than it was tonight for Golden State, then I'd be like, Kevin, it's now or never. If you can't play, just move aside, but we need you now. So, I mean, if you're 80%, get your ass in this game um, and you're playing the rest of the series. That being said, if it's a nail-biter and, you know, Toronto wins by four or they win at the buzzer or something in game two, then it just didn't matter. Yeah, I wasn't worried about it. But um, if, in terms of game three, I still wouldn't bring them back if I'm down 0-2. And that's the way. Because I'm confident in myself, as the Warriors should be, that we can take three and four at home. Another thing that I think is going to play a factor into this is Andre Iguodala. Because at the end of the game, he kind of came up holding that leg area that had hurt, was bothering him in the conference finals. Uh, so if he can't go, that kind of puts a little bit more pressure on Durant to come back because after Iguodala, that wing spot, it's Alfonso McKinney 
And yeah, it's thin. After that, it's I just thin. don't really oh, know what else hell. they can do. It's thin and as so hell. So, if Iguodala has to miss time with Kevin Durant still out, it, then it gets really scary for Golden State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got to hope Durant can come back if Iguodala has to miss time. Yeah, for sure. Well, overall, an exciting game one. Toronto 118, Golden State 109. The Raptors take a 1-0 series lead. A lot of good stuff again on the pod this week. Wide-ranging topics. I wasn't expecting the whole James Harden conversation, but uh, it happened. So um, James Harden to the Pistons, along with Bradley Beal and Patrick Beverly. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Of course, before you go, you know the drill. If you don't already do it, Throw us a follow on Twitter at Palace of Pistons. You can follow Aaron at A Johnson NBA, Ryan at Ryan Pay, myself at Media Brendan. We're on Instagram at Palace Pistons. We're on Facebook, the Palace Pistons. Um, you know, obviously check out the website too. A lot of great content. We have great staff writers. They're doing really good work. We've had some great season reviews, some in-depth look at you know several different players. Um, nice article about Kyrie Thomas out there. Some you know season reviews coming still. We've had a great deal of them already. So a lot of good content. Be sure to check that out. Like, rate, review, subscribe to the pod. Tell your friends. Keep it going. A lot of good stuff. And again, you got input. You want to hear us talk about something. You got questions, whatever. Throw us a tweet at Palace of Pistons. Let us know your thoughts. We're happy to get into them and discuss them here on the pod. It's the off season, and we're always looking for some good content to produce. With that said, that's all for this time. We'll see you next week for episode 68 of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.